Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and sometimes, accidentally, in spite of myself, something funny or interesting happens. This is Previously Live. Hello? Uh, one sec, one sec. Wait, I can hear you now. Yeah, but you can hear yourself, right? No, not really. Oh, okay. All right, great. So... Well, howdy, howdy. So, were you just debating a, a race realist? And, like, because I don't, I don't want this to be a redundant conversation. I doubt this one will be like that one. Yes, I was just debating a race realist. Okay, well, um, I wanted to talk to you about... Jews as a racial group, as well as just um, race in general. It seems like you don't think Jews are a distinct racial group, which is interesting. Well, there are Jewish um, ethnic groups, like, uh, you know, um, the, oh God, you know the names. Yeah, there are Jewish ethnic groups. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that all Jews belong to a Jewish race. Also, um, race, I think, might not be the best term there. Ethnicity is probably a much better descriptor. Um, because race tends to refer to, like, a broad, socially identifiable set of characteristics, whereas Jewish ethnic groups can be attributed back to a pretty specific and narrow range of origins, you know? Well, so I guess I guess we can start with, like, race in general. I mean, if, since you were just talking about that, we, won't, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but... So you're of the belief that, like, race is a, is a social construct and it's only skin deep, right? Uh, yeah, that race as we understand it is mostly social and, um, and that it doesn't really tell us that much about a person or really even that much about a group. That most of the differences between racial groups are highly, highly phenotypical. They're just, you know, um, superficial, skin deep. I think that's so interesting because I hear people on the left make fun of like bible thumping conservatives for being you know science deniers and whatnot but when somebody brings up the idea that you know there are groups of people that evolved in distinct environments and as a result there are physiological and, and cognitive differences we're written off as you know racist or well you would have like to prove the existence of those differences and then prove that they were a product of inherent genetic differences so Nothing about what I'm describing is anti-science. I'm actually describing the scientifically accepted position at the moment. Like, you know that, right? You know that, like, uh, biologists aren't all a bunch of race realists. I'm the one who's standing with the experts on this. The reason for that is because um, while uh, skin-deep characteristics, like, say, for example, skin color, nose width, that kind of thing, those are easily changed by environmental differences. How close you are to the equators, the amount of dust storms so on. Humidity. While that may be the case, intelligence is an extremely complicated um, characteristic that is determined by many, many hundreds of genes, none of which are directly susceptible to environmental influences. It's not like the sun heats up the brain and that makes it act differently. All humans the world around form the same social groups, and that seems to be most of what makes us us. Well, uh, that sounds nice on its face that, you know, differences between racial groups are arbitrary, but as much as we try to avoid race, it's, it's, it's like pretty much unavoidable. Like for example, with COVID-19, 
African Americans right now, more specifically in the in the northern areas of the country, are being disproportionately affected to a more significant degree by why do you COVID think that is inability to produce vitamin D effectively in in colder weather, and that's that's proof positive right there. And and other Wait, and it has that's proof positive of what that race isn't only skin deep. There's there's physiological implications that translates to stuff like the healthcare system because we have to treat patients differently on that genetic basis. Yeah, we're not saying that there aren't differences between racial groups. The essential claim made by race realists is that there's an inherent intelligence difference. That's what I reject. Of course, of course, you have the sickle cell anemia thing with like uh, West Africans. There, there are physiological differences. When I say skin deep, I'm sorry, I wasn't encompassing all difference, but broadly, I mean like it's not an intelligence difference. These aren't like severe or significant differences we're not different like different types of humans we're not different species or anything you know they're just what if i were to tell you that um let's say we threw intelligence out the window what if someone were to tell you that blacks and whites and asians and whatever they learn in different ways um, and they they grasp concepts differently and it's you know therefore you know different capabilities in different cognitive areas may vary from group to group. What if somebody were to tell you that? So what if it's not just inherent intelligence, but just the expression of intelligence? Well, it would have to be demonstrated that that's an inherent biological difference. Well, I mean, it, it is stuff like spatial reasoning, verbal intelligence. I mean, that does vary Dude. from... It varies, but those things correlate to education as well. Do you know that those are inherent? Uh, well, I mean, you, I guess you could improve that biologically, but there are biological markers that affect things like behavior. I mean, it's it's proven. They've, yeah, there's but been genes that have been isolated and identified that have a palpable effect on how different groups behave. Yeah, we're not arguing that genes don't affect human behavior. What I'm arguing is that there is no evidence that there's some inherent difference in the intelligence uh, capabilities of people of different races, like broadly as a group. We know well, that there are differences, but we don't know that there are inherent differences. And a lot of these things are influenced by culture. For example, we know for a fact that speech testing for certain indigenous groups has uh, led to them underperforming because those cultures don't have the same um, languages that we do. And thus the way they um, structure sentences and form ideas differs from the ways that we do. So when we test them based on our standards, sometimes they underperform. But when adjustments were made to account for cultural differences, those variances would sometimes fade away or reduce significantly. So how much of it is inherent? How much of it is, you know, conditioned? Well, there's definitely an inherent quality to it because when a lot of these ideas, let's say you try to take the cultural factor out of it and you try to pull them more into the abstract, studies have shown that the differences are even more exaggerated. Between what and what? So I think, okay, so I, there was one of the main arguments against the IQ tests, you know, as it was becoming more popular was that it's very culturally biased. And that explained the difference between, you know, blacks and whites. And what they did was they took a lot of those ideas and they pulled them more into the abstract. Mm -hmm. And then upon doing that, the, the differences were exaggerated. Like the, the gap was even more seismic. I can't speak to whatever specific set of results you're referring to, but... I don't know what this has to do with the central question as to whether or not these are inherent differences or not. Well, here's the thing. I'm not trying to... So... What, what the point is is that distinct groups of people that have distinct histories 
have different I don't know. I guess they have like a different spirit almost. Like they the way they engage with Wait, society. Now who's being anti-scientific? Well, I'm not being anti-scientific. I mean, when I say spirit, I just couldn't find the, the right word. But what I'm saying is that the way that they engage with society, the way that they learn, the way that they behave, I mean, this stuff varies and it's, it's Yeah, people culturally out. vary, but we're talking about inherent biological differences. Okay, well, the, you keep trying to pin down on the inherent biological differences. Isn't that and what we're talking like, about? Well, like I just explained, genes have been isolated. Wait, genes, genes have been isolated. Wait, hold on. Genes have been that. isolated for intelligence between different racial groups? No, but for, for you know, behavioral trends. And, you, and then you said, oh, well, that's just behavior and it has to do with culture. But behavior pretty much is like your, your cognition um, inflecting, like your cognition, like expressing itself through, I guess, like societal engagement. So n no, we're, we're playing mush with a lot of different concepts here. So if you're referring, I think you're referring maybe to like, um, a like genetic subdivision within East Asians or something like that. There are some genetic markers that differ based on racial groups that have influences in behavior. But from the studies that I've read, not only are these influences unbelievably minor, in some cases when tested, you actually find contrary results. What we're talking about are scientists finding incredibly minute impacts on human behavior based on loose scatterings of genetic distributions that don't even map perfectly to our conventional understanding of race. This is a long way away from proving inherent racial uh, like intelligence divisions. It's a huge, huge, huge gap away. This is something that got brought up by that Canadian Nazi, or at least he sent research about it to me, and then somebody else counter-research. It seems like every time it's proof is found that there are any differences between any humans, all the race realists throw their arms up and they're like, yep, that's it, we were right, but no. The proof is yet to be found that there are any inherent intelligence differences between races. Certainly anything that would affect like actual real-life behavior as opposed to some minor fringe difference. Well, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't, like, the intelligence wasn't the main factor for me. I just thought that we can identify these differences and it can, it can inform how we look at society and how we organize society because I think it can work for the betterment of society if we actually deal with pragmatic reality and these differences. What's the reality? Because you yourself said... Well, the, the reality is, is that there are different people with different distinct histories that engage with society differently. But all people are like that. Every individual is genetically different and has had a different upbringing. I agree with that, but there can be trends that can be identified on a group level. What is, is what I'm. Well, like I just said, like I just said, I mean, the differences between you know I IQ scores and, and different groups and also those, those aren't inherent how they view themselves and also how they engage with people of other racial groups like i think that you know like a lot of surface level things that you know a lot of people like deep um dig into and they kind of brush over and say oh well it needs deeper analysis like the fact that you can gather where a person's ancestors came from simply by looking at them i think that in and it of itself is significant it's a qualitative observation not with regards to understanding intelligence differences between racial groups it's utterly irrelevant with regards to that. You're making another argument from intuition. Because you can see differences in people. That means you know how whether or not, like, as a group, they behave differently inherently. Well, you don't know everything genetic. about them. But, but what I'm saying is that you can derive from these qualitative observations that, you know, there are, there will, there will be differences among groups 
just based on that alone. I mean, you can just look out your window and see that people are different and that the differences are remar remarkable. In, but the, in yeah, itself. but this doesn't argue any social prescription. You could say that about any group of people. You can say that about tall or short people, long-haired or short-haired people, whether they have piercings or tattoos. It doesn't have to be genetic, racial, epigenetic. All you have to do is indicate that different people are different. We know that. This is the Martin Bailey that always frustrates me. It's like, you want to prove that different races are more intelligent than other races. But instead, it's like, oh, man, well, different groups of people are different, you know? Like, yeah, we know. But there's been a ton of research on genetics and the influence that genes have on intelligence. And the evidence is just not there. In spite of centuries of research, it doesn't seem like different racial groups have, you know, different levels of inherent intelligence. Well, how do you feel about different racial groups having a, a particular set of, of goals and interests? How do you feel about that? Do you think that's a thing? I mean, maybe motivated by cultural and social influences, sure. Genetically? I'm not saying it's derived like, from their genetics. That's why they have particular interests. But do you think it's informed by their history and how they've, their, their relationship with society throughout history? Sure, but then we're, then we're talking sociology, which is what I majored in. So, yeah, but that, that's not a race realism issue. Black people are going to have a different set of goals in America because black people were fucking slaves for a couple hundred years and they're still treated poorly today. So of course they're going to be they're, they're going to have a different set of priorities, concerns, such and such. You know? Yeah. So I mean, what about what about Jewish people? Do you not do you not think that they have interests, and do you not think that that's also tied to their history as a nomadic people? Do you think that's wait hold, wait hold on? So there was a half of that that I agreed with, and then a half that I didn't. So. History as a nomadic people. There are plenty of Jewish people who have never in their life lived as or known anyone who lived nomadically. I can tell you that much. Um, now, do Jewish people, are, are their priorities influenced by um, the history of their people and what they've experienced? Yeah, of course. Well, no, a lot of Jewish values were specifically derived from their history as nomadic people that still stands today in things like the Talmud and, and things like lots of lots of different types of jews with lots of different priorities well, there was a study there was a study that came out um where like 80 percent and i i couldn't for the life of me find it and i know you're probably gonna hold it against me but there was a study that came out where like i think 80 percent of jews regardless of whether or not they were religious so this includes non-religious jews said that they saw themselves as jewish okay Okay. And like 50% of them said that they felt that their identity was like tied to social justice. I, I couldn't find the study, but there I think a problem with that. So it's a study where Jewish people well, said they're Jewish and they like social justice. I mean, well, yeah. So, and well, this includes non-religious Jews, which goes to my point that so they're if culturally you don't see Jewish as a racial group, then why would Jews themselves see them that way? Culture. You can be culturally Jewish. But you can be culturally Jewish without having any blood in common with the 12 tribes of Israel or whatever. I know that. I grew up among a ton of Jewish people. There are a lot of people so who are... Yeah, there are a lot of people who are Jewish because their uh, their mom uh, was Jewish, their dad wasn't, they married, you know, that kind of thing. A lot of variants like that, you know? But they'll still consider well, okay. themselves Jewish, you know? Light a menorah candle, that shit sticks with you. Eat some tasty Jewish food, whoo, that shit sticks with you. <laughs> But here's the thing, if they're non-religious, right, and you just said that they don't, they don't share any blood with any of the 12, doesn't make any sense, because why would they see themselves Jewish if they're non-religious Jews? That doesn't Cult make any sense. Culturally? What? C c wait. I see myself as American, but yeah. not because of my nationality. Even if I renounced my American citizenship and lived abroad or something, I'd still see myself as American, because culturally, 
I was raised American. They were raised Jewish, even if they're non-religious. What if they renounce their religion when they turn like 19 or something? They still spent 19 years of their life, you know, practicing Judaism. And now maybe they're not religiously Jewish, but culturally they still feel influenced by that. I mean, I would consider myself culturally Christian. I have never believed in God, but I'd still say culturally, yeah. I mean, I, ha I have a Christmas tree that I put up. We do the presents, you know, we do the stockings. That's influenced by my upbringing. So where do you think this cultural Jewishness came from? Just out of thin air? They just decided, one somebody in their ancestry just decided, you know what, I like the whole Judaism thing. Let's just be culturally Jewish from here on out. You think that's how that happened? No, it depends on how you're raised. I imagine it would be the same way that you are culturally Christian. No, you know? what, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if somebody comes from a family that is culturally Jewish, where did that cultural, I guess, Jewishness come from? Probably from their parents. It's because they are they are descendants of of Jews. I mean, from their parents, yeah, but it doesn't. It's not a blood thing. I mean, it, it is a yes, it is. Okay, wait. So I need to make sure we're on the same page with this one. So you can be raised by parents in a culturally Jewish manner, even if not a single person in your family is in any way, shape, or form related to the twelve tribes of Israel. You could not see the logical inconsistency there. I mean, no, where, I, I'm actually saying, struggling to understand how you from? don't where get did that this. Come from? That's what I'm trying to identify. Because where, where so along, wait, like, it's really easy. OK, I'll, I can tell you like a really easy example. OK, um, what if um, uh, here I'll, I'll give you an easy example. This happened to one of my downstairs neighbors when I was growing up. OK, um, okay. what if you have a kid? Uh, who was born to uh, two, I guess you would say just white people, but non-Jewish white people. They were born to two non-Jewish white people. Then later, the mom and dad divorce, and the stepmom is Jewish. The stepmom raises the kids as um, Jewish um, themselves, and then those kids go on to be practicing Jews for the rest of their life, having children who are then culturally raised Jewish. Now there's no blood tie whatsoever to any of the 12 tribes of Israel, but there are people being raised culturally Jewish. What about cultural Christianity? I mean, my father was a Catholic, but I don't have any cultural Catholicism in my, uh, I don't, we don't have any like, uh, you know, Mother Mary's or, or, or crucifixes scattered about the house. We had a Christmas tree. Okay. Blood doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just what you're raised with. Okay, well, the example you just gave, somebody who is racially Jewish stepped into the picture, which is the, the stepmother, and I'm sure your argument is going to be, oh, but the, what if the stepmother wasn't racially Jewish? No, but, but the kids aren't racially Jewish then. So, are the wait, all you have to do to be racially Jewish is to have at one point known or been raised by a Jewish person? Is it just like transitive? You can just no. be erased by inhaling their carbon dioxide? No, you really just muddied the water with that analogy, because what I was trying to say is, is that the, the the culture of Jewishness came from people who were racially Jewish, who viewed themselves as such, and and um, created, I guess, yes. a set of values. Yeah, four thousand years ago, the origins of that group is is old is like as old as the pyramids of Egypt. So nowadays, there are tons of people who are culturally Jewish who might not at all be related to those early ethnic groups. There are people who are, but there are people who aren't. I grew up in Beverly Hills. There are tons of people there who are culturally Jewish. A lot of the people, by the way, in Beverly Hills, most of the Jews there are Iranian. They came, they call themselves Persians, not Iranians, because they want to distance themselves from the current Muslim regime. They came over here after the trouble in the 70s. They came over here. Many of them are not in any way, shape, or form directly related to the original 12 tribes or whatever. They're just 
It's Jewish. It's just Jewish. Like, why do you have to make it sinister? Why, why play up this racial? I'm not making it sinister. I'm. I like to identify. Like, it's because you made this exact argument. I think you were criticizing. Um, I don't know. I think rising or something where you can identify. You can identify problems, but you don't have to share solutions in common with like you know insidious, you know fascists or whatever. Why can't we just deal with the fact that Jews are a group of people that have their own set of interests? And I'll give you an. All, I'll give you some. All groups of people are influenced by their own interests. A Jewish man could be influenced by being Jewish. They could be influenced by being white. They could be influenced by being brown. They could be influenced by being a man, by being straight or being gay. This is intersectionality. Everybody is influenced to some extent or another by any number of characteristics they were raised to or born with. That's not that, okay, sure. That's so the case with Jews. That a Jewish person can have a set of interests based on that on that Jewishness. I didn't disagree with that. I said that at the beginning of this convo. Okay, so how do you feel about the fact that um, a lot of the Jews that I've spoken to growing up, regardless of their religion, um, had dual citizen citizenship to Israel, did not view American as their quote unquote home, and that they told me themselves that Jewish nepotism is a thing. I, and that is that it, is that a serious question? Like I'm supposed to answer the the Jews of your past? Like, t tell me well, why I had this convo in eighth grade. I don't I don't know what. I, it's not just the Jews of my past because Jewish. Do you think? Okay, how do you feel about Jewish nepotism? Because I know you believe in like white nepotism historically. So how do you feel about Jewish nepotism? I think that think all really groups engage in a degree of in group bias. Okay, and how do you, how far reaching do you think do you think Jewish nepotism is? Do you think it's do you think it's a problem? Do you see any trends that maybe kind of throw you off a little bit, or not, not really? Not really. It just seems to be a fact of a tribalistic world that we're trying to fix with time. It's less of a problem now than it was a hundred years ago. A hundred years ago, everyone in power in this country was a non-Jewish white at all times because of explicit government policy. Now there's more diversity in our positions of power than there ever has been in all of human history which I think is pretty awesome. So how do you feel about the two most recent disasters of this country being, <laughs> let me just say, uh, <laughs> like reel it in a little bit. Cause I can tell you're about to go crazy town. Just, well, no, no, no. I'm saying, okay. So how do you feel about the fact that subprime mortgage crisis or crisis and, um, the Iraq war had heavy Jewish involvement and that, um, nobody's willing to actually identify that. Can you quantify heavy Jewish involvement and also try not to sound like a conspiracy theorist by saying nobody else wants to recognize this? What is APAC? What is APAC? What is that? And, uh, wait, and hold on. I know what APAC is. So uh, there were tons of groups gunning for our participation in the Iraq war. I don't know why you're like hyper fixating on APAC. APAC is going to want us to go there because Israel wants us, America, to be as militarily involved in the Middle East as possible because that ensures their borders or allows and them to grow their borders. And how, how, is that, how is that able to happen? Because we have a massive military industrial complex that's headed mostly by Republicans who are totally okay with killing brown people. Okay, well, I guess you can say Republicans, but do you not feel that there were people in positions of power that maybe weren't totally being loyal to the U.S. and maybe they had some dual allegiance going, or if not, just complete... Um, so wait, we, I noticed how we backed off like the earlier point here. Um, first of all, I still want to get to that 2008 financial crisis. Second of all, no. Yeah, for, for If you're a war hawk, being pro-Israel is not being anti-America. The opposite is true. Israel is America's greatest military base. 
And the Middle East is an incredibly contentious hotspot for geopolitical relations. The more we militarily service Israel, the more we support them, the more money we pour into wars that also benefit Israel, the more likely we are to maintain geopolitical control in that region. It's the shared interest of Americans and Israelis that we be locked in a permanent war. The only real solution to this problem is, of course, a radical one, a one leftists would advocate for, which is to detach American geopolitical power from a military involvement in the Middle East. But, like, the narrative that you're trying to suggest right now, that APAC Jews are controlling the strings behind the scenes, that's, what, I said. that's what you implied. It's I'm ridiculous. support was cultivated because there were people in positions of power that weren't completely loyal to the U.S. That's, no? That's what I Do you have any evidence of that? Because I just yeah, answered that yeah, point of yours, and now you're just repeating it. No, because I'm saying, okay, so why do you think that, why do you think that um, APAC was able to influence our government the way it was? And I know you said, oh, because, you know. I already um, addressed this. Yeah, you said Republican Warhawks, you know, benefit from... Well, well war, to be fair, Democratic Warhawks as well. APAC exists to facilitate positive relationships with Israel because Israel wants to maintain a positive relationship with America, and America also wants to maintain a positive relationship with Israel, assuming we're talking mostly about Zionists and Warhawks, which unfortunately we're mostly talking about because most American politicians are going to be at the very least Warhawks, and the most ardent Zionists on the planet are fundamentalist Christians, who are, by the way, more responsible for the relationship we have with Israel than APAC could ever dream of being so well i agree with that yeah I so do agree with i don't think this has anything to do with like jewish people also most jews are quite progressive they're not the ones gunning for perpetual military intervention in the middle east you know but i'm saying do you not think that there can be an underlying motivation i need arguments not like conspiracy bait like don't you think it's possible i i, I anything's possible give me an argument well there i mean the, argue, the argument I'm trying to lay out is that disproportionately Jews are in power and, you know, in government. And so are white I people. Like so are the Irish, by the way. We were able to cultivate support. I feel like... that. So that's the conspiracy right there. The idea that it was like Jews in government who cultivated support for the Iraq war because they were disloyal, that's not, ridiculous. There's absolutely no evidence like for that. Conspiracy, but I'm saying that there could have been underlying motivations at work that might have informed some could of the... Could have been, might have been. Conspiracy bait. That were made. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so again, like there's nothing substantive here to even respond to. Like, what am I supposed to say? It's, it's called it's called drawing a logical line from A to B. It's called just asking questions. It's, I don't have an argument, but, you know, like, let's play around a little bit. And, and not to mention you're playing pretty fast and loose with the accusations you have no proof for. Evidence of people being disloyal to the U.S., you're not going to be able to provide any, but you're comfortable saying it anyway. If I call you out in it, you'll move to the next point. But I know well, how these conversations go. Well, no, 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 because here's the thing. If if you're willing to, to dump trillions into a foreign war that helps a completely foreign country, then... It helps... Wait, no, I just said it helps us, too. Well, well, you said it helps us, but you didn't say, like, it directly helps us. You say it, it helps the powers that be. That's how you frame well, that. Well, that's the you? us. Yeah, that's that's bourgeois democracy for you, of course. The powers exactly. that be are the us. We are in positions of power. I mean, it's... No, you can't. No, you can't. Wait, hold on. We've wait. We've already moved off so many points. You're like the Iraq War was them being disloyal to the U.S. Uh, well, actually, by disloyal to the U.S., I mean they were only serving their own interests. Uh, and by that, I mean they were Jewish. Like, what do we? What do we mean? Everyone in the U.S. was gunning for the Iraq War. Were, were you around back then? Don't you remember? Everyone was gunning for it. 
The military-industrial complex wanted that sweet, sweet contractor cash. Uh, Bush wanted to finish his father's work in the Middle East. Uh, we wanted an opportunity to defend Israel because they'd cement their power base as like a fucking long-term military base that we could use for future conflicts. Uh, Iran's relationship with America was continuing to be like a rocky disaster, and we wanted to flex in the region. Like, there are so many factors that play into this. The whole, it was Jews and they were disloyal thing just doesn't buy it. Well, I mean, that's in, uh, you, you're trying to, like, make, you're trying to come up with, like, this, uh, this straw man where I'm just like, oh, it was Jews and, and they're all, you know, it was like a smoke-filled back room, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that sometimes, you know, how you self-identify, I mean, a lot of the people in power were jewish while it may not be overt like oh i'm but you know a lot of these people do have dual citizenship you can just look it up a lot of these people in positions of power do have dual is citizenship. that surprising israel will find jews in america and give them birthright citizenship to israel that's a state policy of theirs well yeah exactly so, so maybe you know they can a lot of the people in positions of power, they can run a profiteering war and then come out on the other end. If, you know, America goes to shit, then they have a second home while a lot of people don't. Wait, Israel goes to shit if America goes to shit. So, no, it's in Israel's best interest to make sure America stays steady as well. Well, if they keep siphoning money off the U.S., they, I... can, they can build their own infrastructure to defend no. themselves. Again. Wait, no. Israel does not exist without continued American intervention. Um not for long at least, or somebody in the UN, not that there's any ally they can find greater than our own. But again, do you understand how ridiculous this conspiracism you're engaging in is? That they, so in spite of the fact that everyone was gunning for the Iraq war, you're like, well, these people, because of their dual citizenships, were okay using the Iraq war to dump trillions into Israel and bail on the country because then they could go live in Israel. As if wealthy and powerful people needed a citizenship to Israel to bail on this country if things go tits up. This is ridiculous conjecture. I mean, come on. If you want to focus on an would... if you want to focus on a good non-falsifiable argument, you should just stick to the there are a lot of Jews in power and maybe they have an in-group bias, which I'd agree with, but I'd say that the same thing of any any other group, you know. Well, what I'm saying is that the Jewish nepotism has been more harmful than um definitely like black or Hispanic uh nepotism. Can I would, you prove I would that? say it's equal, equal to white uh privilege, I guess you could say Jewish privilege is just as bad. How would because. you how would you prove that? Also, most Jews are white, so they're gonna if if that's what they're benefiting from, they're kind of double dipping there, aren't they? I would agree. I would agree that Jews do like to identify as white when it's convenient. Many Jews for them. are white. Again, because you I mean, think Jewish is a racial group. So if a person says I'm Jewish and I'm white, to you that reads as hypocrisy. But it's not. To them, it's like saying, I'm Christian and I'm white, or I'm Irish and I'm white. It's two completely separate identifiers. There's no conflict in their mind. About that. Like I just said, there was a study that came out where like 80% of Jews, including non-religious Jews, Jews who are not religious, said that they saw themselves as Jewish. And what not white? As opposed to white? Was the study Jewish versus white? Well, it let's, because you just equated... Wait, uh, them Jews. seeing themselves as Jewish doesn't mean they don't see themselves as white. Do you do you see do you see the flaw in the logic there? I just said that eighty percent of Jews, including not non-religious ones, and you just equated Jew, uh, Jewishness to you know religiosity. So wait, why can't they said, be Jewish and then identify as Jewish but also be white? If you asked me what I identify as, I would say I'm an American, not that I'm white, but I'm still white. 
Okay, but that, I mean, America is a nationality. That's a And Jew. culturally, uh, it's also a culture. If I revoked my American nationality, I would still consider myself that. Okay, but there's a difference because you can literally trace the, um, you can trace the Jewish genealogy back to, you know, a given set of people. It's for like some, an but not for all. Not for all, but the people who identify as such more than likely have Jewish blood in them. And also you can, you can, um, you can tell by someone's countenance, like if someone says that like, oh, I'm a Jew and you can see by their countenance, oh yeah, that person's a Jew. I'm not uh, out here trying to identify Jews, but I'm saying like to say that they're not a distinct racial group is just ridiculous. Wait, again, I said they're an ethnic group. I can see a white person and point out if they're Irish too, by the way. Have you ever, never seen like a ginger with like pale skin and freckles? They're well, yeah, white. They're, they're, they're Irish. Like people. I mean, that's huh? they're, what are they Gaelic or whatever? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. So wait, th but this isn't contradictory. You can be white as well. There's no contradiction here. There is a contradiction because if you look at the haplogroups, I mean, there's wait it's, they, again. You can be white and also have identifiable haplogroups. Okay, it's not like every Jewish person is like 100% Ashkenazi. Okay. The yeah, vast majority yeah, of them aren't. There are some pockets where they are, okay? I've seen I've seen Jewish people who were almost certainly 100% Ashkenazi, okay? And some of them still look white. They come from a region of the world adjacent to the Iranian people. The term Aryan originally referred to Indo-Aryan, Iranian people. Our understanding of white historically has bled into the historical origins of that part of the world too. We all came from Africa, after all. So this is way more complicated than you're making it out to be. The idea that a person is hypocritical for saying they're Jewish and they're white is just ridiculous. Okay, I mean, well, I'm not, I'm not even of the belief that if Jewish people aren't white, but I'm saying that they're not like bullshit, Jewish dude. When I said most Jews are white, you said yeah, most Jews identify as white. Come on. And earlier you said you weren't trying to suggest that Jews were pulling the strings behind the scenes. You're absolutely making these well, insinuations. Well, no, because you made it seem like I you made it seem like I thought it was like a huge conspiracy when I said no that they can just like their Jewish identity could could inflect upon how they view policy, how they view society. Everyone's and identity influences that. You would need to prove that it's having a detriment to society or that there's some major problem here. Yeah, it did have a detriment to the side. It's called the Iraq War and the nope. subprime mortgage. Wait, you've already lost the Iraq War argument because everyone was gunning for it and you have no evidence to indicate that Jewish in-group bias was what led to that war. Absolutely none. But I'm and we, drawing the logical, like I said. You're I'm not, it's to, not logical. It's not. We're not seeing the train is. of thought. I mean, why don't you want to deal with the facts? I mean, the fact is, is that, that I mean, people in power disproportionately i mean do you not can you not just put one plus one together and and just deal with that and so, we don't have to i can't i'm sorry i can't lower myself to the degree of your shrimp brain i've already provided the counters to your arguments we can move on to the subprime uh loan mortgage crisis if you want but i doubt that one yeah. will go any better at the, i'm sorry my dude the problems that are going on in your life are not going to be fixed by blaming jewish people i just don't know why you're so obsessive over that I'm not blaming. I'm just saying, why can't we identify? Why can't we diagnose? That's, that's, bla that's blaming. That's a coward's blaming. You're a coward. I'm not blaming them. I'm just asking why we can't all wake up to the fact that they're at fault. Like, come on, dude. At least have the, the balls to own the positions you hold. Fault, but I'm saying that, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. I, this is, a no, again, this is a non, this is a non-argument. This is like, it's not I don't have arguments, but like, it's logical. It makes sense in my head. So do you not think that disproportionately that Jewish business practices have tanked the economy on what more are, than one occasion? What are Jewish business practices? 
you know the you know money lending and and just the chicanery that goes on wait wait hold wait hold on money lending you mean the basis of the entire modern financial system are we blaming jews for that no but things like the federal reserve and like you know um and corporate uh corporate loans and stuff like that i mean it's just complete no these are pretty much just how modern economies have to work you'll notice that even countries that are anti-Semitic on the whole also practice these things. They do it in Iran. They don't like Jews over there. So this isn't really a Jewish practice. But this has is just Iran how tanked their economy like over and over and over again? We're not talking about whether it tanked their economy. You ascribe these practices to Jewish people. They're, it's not. Every economy does this. This is just how capitalist economies work. But, I mean, historically, the architect of a lot of these business practices that aren't pro-worker i'm, I'm surprised you're, you're like you're like super proletarian or whatever not defending these concepts you're the one who's saying they're essentially jewish if you're going to go back to the medieval argument you should probably read up a little bit more on that jews were pushed into those positions because christians weren't allowed to engage, engage in usury. right so you're you can't blame jewish people for an economic practice that a existed before them b existed after them C, existed in countries that have them or do not have them, and D, that they were only associated with because of systemic discrimination. Like, that's ridiculous. You can't blame them for that. This is how economies work. Yeah, loaning, loans have to happen. Business loans, subprime mortgage loans. It's a problem with capitalism. But, but why, does, why does Goldman Sachs get bailed out? And this has, this has no, I need a question that has to do with Jewish people because I don't feel like explaining 2008 to you. Well, I mean, I'm I, I knew I know what happened in 2008, but I'm what I'm saying is that like do you, you think it was cuz they were Jewish? You know, like exactly. Goldman Sachs you know, was like, "Hey, Goyam, we need money." And then they all met in like a smoky room with cigars and they got like go, like what, what are you insinuating here? But I'm no, what I'm saying is is that um the distinct history of the Jewish people informs how they how they uh, you know, practice business or whatever. So again, everyone practices business that way. You can go to Azerbaijan and they practice business that way. You can go to India and they practice business that way. Unless you think Jews are so powerful that they literally invented the concept of banking and then made it default and ubiquitous across every planet, or sorry, every country on earth. If you are making that claim, then Jews are powerful enough that we should probably just let them win already. I would like to believe the more reasonable argument, which is instead that that's just a way economies work. And that Jewish people got pinned for this shit because Christians were too much of pussies to have the blood of usury on their hands back in the day. But well, they yeah, still knew it had to happen. The wealth was consolidated, you know, over a long period of time as a consequence of what you just described, you know, in Jewish hands. That's why when you go back to a lot of, you know, the wars and how some people won wars because a Jew would just finance one side of the war. And that's how no evidence <laughs> of that, of, you know. I, I like you're you're deferring now to like like complete hearsay like oh yeah dude like those like those times in history where like Jews would just make white people fight I mean, against yeah, each other like puppet masters World War Two and and how and how uh, you know you World know. War Two was a world war right wait I'm sorry are you gonna blame Jewish people for financing the Allies in World War Two I wonder why they would have done that it really makes me really well, you know no, 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 I'm just, but that's what I'm saying though I'm saying like really activates you know, my onions why would Jewish people want nazi germany to lose um because they were being systematically executed i i completely agree I'm, so again I'm, the I'm, problem I'm, is you keep saying jewish people when what you actually mean is the system that exists and you're hoping everybody listening will just assume that like 
every system that exists is controlled by Jews. I need specific names and dates and evidence that was done with some kind of Semitic bias, which you're not going to be able to provide because that's what a conspiracy theory is. It's a narrative so grand and overwhelming that it can't be disproven. Anytime I nail you on 78 points, you'll go to a 79th one about how there was some guy. Like, it's, it's nothing. It's all hearsay. I mean, you can you can look it up. I mean, the information is there. What it, info? The information on these financiers and how the federal, the inception of the Federal Reserve, you can look all the stuff up. It's, it's, so wait, it's, the Federal it's, Reserve it's was created like 150 years ago. Are you telling me that America 150 years ago was like super pro-Jewish person? We didn't even allow any of the Jewish refugees from Germany to come in before World War II. Why, so did Jews invent that? How, oh my God. The Jews were they the one who uh, built the pyramids? Was it how, how far back does it go? <laughs> no, 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 we all know Africans did that, right? So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it, did Jews build fucking Machu Picchu? How, how in Argentina? Where are we? Where are we going? Like, like is everything I don't see from what them? The problem is and just point like trying to point out trends and and you know trying to figure out what's really you know at work when we're talking about identifying problems. I don't understand what the, what the issue is with that. I'm sure you don't. I mean, again, if you have any specific dates or people or times you want to talk about, that's great. But you don't. This is scapegoating. Well, I don't want to like is. pull up the do the document now. But I mean, if even the if document, I did bring up, you have a JQ oh, document. That's one Jewish person. I mean, can you name another one? And I, I'm not really trying to go through. I'm just trying to say what's the problem in identifying these trends and having an honest conversation. Because you have it. insufficient evidence to prove your claim of a global power grab by Jewish people. You're trying to make a very no, large claim. Say, <laughs> I started this off by just saying, I feel like it's not a terrible thing to identify that Jewish people have their own set of interests because they are distinct. Every people group. With that's every history. group, though. OK, so you're you're conceding it then. No, that's the first thing I said in this discussion. That's every group. Every group has distinct interests based on the material conditions. Like, of their, for example, okay. blacks probably have their own set of interests, but I mean, like, who gives a shit? It doesn't affect anybody. It does honest. affect people. Actually, right now, between BLM, the um, presidential guidance of Joe Biden, the civil rights movement, and the I fact that... Huh? Historically, right now, it's, you know, but throughout the course of history, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. What, what, what are we being honest about? That black people were oppressed and didn't have much political power? This is something exactly. you have to dog whistle. What I'm saying, yeah, it hasn't been as harmful. They usually be at the, they've had the shitty end of the stick. That's that's my point. Okay, so, so right, and then so, there are people who have disproportionate power who also have interests that have been disproportionately harmful to society. That's my point. Right, but you don't you can't prove that invading Iraq was a Jewish interest. In fact, given the fact that the majority of Jewish people are Democrats in America, I'd be willing to bet that they have less support for the Iraq War than the general population. Well, even well, again, I'm going to go anecdotal here, but the Jews I knew growing up, even though they were Democrat and progressive, they still they a lot of them, some of them were for, you know, the Palestinians, but a lot of them were not. And they were progressive. What does that and, have and to do that? with the Iraq war? Also, I, wait, I'm not engaging with the anecdote. Never mind. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, like what, what changes do you want to make to the world as it is? Like, what's wrong with the world as it is? I have a couple of problems with it, but none of them have to do with Jewish people. Um, well, I think that America is definitely a failed social experiment. Um, We're the most powerful country on earth. 
It is, but socially, it's just in a horrible place. I think we we could both agree on that. Rachel no, we tension. have less social unrest than a great many other countries. There are other countries that experience well, significantly if you more. Well, compare us to like third world countries, I mean, no, like sure. China, India, both have more social unrest than we do, and they're the next world powers that are coming on the up and up. Yeah, they're coming up. You, you can say they're technically first world, but th their populations are much bigger. There's a lot more people in, in poverty in those places. So, I mean, the social unrest is, is going to be higher in a place like that. But I'm talking about like fully developed. I'm talking about like Europe and, and America. European um, countries also have quite a bit of social unrest. I don't know if you have you seen what's going on in France right now. America really isn't that bad off when it comes to social unrest. You, I mean, well, OK, well, during the the uh, the George Floyd protest or whatever, uh -huh. um, to me, that's that's clear evidence that something I mean, something we, rights happening. Something, I guess, I mean, and you're from your point of view, but obviously we have two distinct people that obviously um, do not like each other and nobody's really getting what they want. It, Wait, it black like. people like white people just fine. People are getting more and more amicable towards race relations. This isn't about two different groups of people. It was a protest against the police. It was, but there was a racial undertone to it. Do you not agree with that? Well, yeah, because it's mostly black people that get fucked over by the police. Black people aren't anti-white. BLM is not anti-white. There are tons of white people at those BLM protests. My parents were there. They're pasty as fuck. Not well, as pasty as me. They go outside. These institutions that they have such a problem with are of, you know, European origin. And I think they're what? actually correct. No, not... policing is, hold on. Policing well, is not have... of European origin. As I understand it, like proto-policing or the institutions that would lead to it are basically as old as human civilization. Modern day police existed in America. I think they originated with the slave patrols, but iterants of those things existed in many different societies beforehand. The idea that black people being pissed off with the police system means they're pissed off with European culture is ridiculous. That'd be well, like no, saying, they extrapolated from that though. Like they they were making broader they were making broader points about society as a as a whole. I, I saw like their whole you know um, argument laid out. I think there was some sort of you know. Um, document they released where they they listed like all their problems i mean it seems like they're again let me say it again there's two sides neither one's really getting what they want and a lot of white america is is also you know fed up and i think wait that... hold on again we're saying bullshit again that's Go not ahead. true again um having problems with the institution of policing does not mean black people want to like leave america and white people getting fed up also doesn't seem to be the case younger generations are more progressive than ever uh, white Americans, while still disproportionately conservative, are um, trending favorably with all these issues. And for a time, Black Lives Matter was supported by 68% of the total population. Uh, now I think it's down to about 60 because George Floyd was the height of the protest. But yeah, the idea that this is some like burgeoning race war is absolute bullshit. That it's just I don't not think it's case. a burgeoning race war. That's not what I was. You're just you're engaging in hyperbole. That's not what I said. What I'm saying is, is that, well, first of all, I just said that they were making broader points about society as a whole. They weren't just stopping at police. That was my first point. Yeah, there are problems with society. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it didn't just stop at police. Like, they have a problem with American society as a whole which I can't even blame them for, if I'm being honest, because the country wasn't necessarily built for them, and they're, they're, that's, that's how they feel. And I can't, I can't fault them for that. Well, so They just want to fix saying, the whole racism thing, I think. Huh? 
They want to fix the whole racism thing, I think. I think that's the big thrust there, you know? Well, that's the thing, you know, it sounds nice on its face, you know, let's get get rid of racism, but it seems as if the development of society has been like a corollary with the, you know, the development of racism or racial tension or whatever. It seems How? like as a civilization, you know, came to be, so did racism. That that's, is not even remotely the case. It what? Is the case. It is if you look at if you look at, you know, the like, you know, the early days of society and as, you know, uh you know, Europe and all that, and all those places what do you came mean early to, days. What are, what are we talking about? I guess I'm talking about like post, uh, post Rome, I guess, you know, like industrialization and, and all that jazz. It seems like that's when, um, a lot of, you know, race science started to yeah, become public. But society and, has gotten less racist on average for the past 400 years with time. J just because a modern well, yeah, conceptualization that's, 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 of race was was formed about 400 years ago doesn't mean that people have been getting more racist. We've been getting less racist with time. We are now in the least racist part of all of American well, history. I, I feel like you're talking about post-civil rights movement, and if that's what you're alluding to, then that's mostly due, just due to conditioning. I feel like if, you know... If you know the civil rights movement never happened, that I, I, I'm no almost from certain. from the no from the advent of the abolitionist movement to the abolition of slavery to sharecropping to Jim Crow to modern civil rights movement and the many decades that have followed, people have been getting less racist. This has been borne out in every conceivable sociological way imaginable. The abolitionist movement was because people didn't want the slave population here. You do know that, right? They no, the abolitionist to... movement was formed of many different groups with many different interests, but the majority of those interests were the largely humanitarian. They wanted them to leave. The majority were humanitarian. What you're referring to was the proposition that Lincoln briefly held that slaves should be freed and then sent to um No and then sent no, to a foreign country. Abolitionists had a huge problem with such a large slave population being in the country and thought it would be better for both sides, more specifically white Some America. Some of them did. I don't know how this is relevant to the discussion we're having though. Well, I'm just saying, well, because you said, how do I want society to be, to be better? And I feel like... Society's only um, been getting better the less racist we get. The real problems are from people like you, who, with no understanding of the issues, persist in your racism because you're scared or ignorant or whatever. Well, you do understand that when blacks were less, in, were, were less integrated in, you know, I guess, white society, um, they had, you know, a lot, they had a lot better uh, outcomes, actually. Uh, in some um, respects, they didn't have the drug war to deal with back then. What? They didn't have the drug war to deal with back then. Most of the problems that we've seen in the past 40 years with the inner city black community has largely had to do with their relationship to drugs, the drug war cartels, and the fact that they have been increasingly targeted by the police. Prior to that yeah, point, they were second class citizens, but they were also left relatively autonomous within their own neighborhoods. Um, especially exactly. when it came to... They were doing much better. If you look at all the metrics, by every metric, they were doing better. That is incorrect. Um, in yes, terms of general education, not. academic attainment, um, uh, income, um, and uh, representation within the upper echelons of society, black people are doing better today than they were then. There are modern problems that we could largely fix by ending the drug war, which is one of the things that Black Lives Matter people tend to push for. Yeah, well, like I just said, the drug war was stupid, but back to, uh, back to uh, um, you know, pre-integration, um, the crime rate, the crime rate in the in the well because of the drug war like you just identified but yeah 
yeah, the, the crime rate was lower. Um, a lot less of them were in poverty. They weren't in the upper echelon of society, but you know, a lot of them had good jobs and, you know, no, a lot of them did not have good jobs. That is not true. Good jobs as in, you know, jobs that provided for their, fa their family and kept a roof over their head. And the conflict was actually, I mean, I know you're going to say, oh, well, they couldn't drink at the same water fountain or whatever, but so wait, hold on. What you're doing right now is you're trying to imagine a history in which blacks being second class citizens led to them leading better no. lives in America. No. This is not That's the case. Why I didn't say as a result of them being and second what you, class. And what are we talking about? Because I'm talking about the fact that they were able to, you know, um, you know, kind of have some self-determination and they, you know, as second class citizens, how do they have self-determination more so than they do today? Well, we could have just made them not second class citizens without having to forcefully integrate them. How do you Wait, feel about how that? How did we forcefully in it? What are you talking about? How did we forcibly integrate them? Well, you know, going to the same schools and, you know, Oh, so not like forcibly integrate. You mean, you mean you wanted to keep them second class citizens. I'm no, sorry. Like how what? exactly do you make them first class citizens while continuing to disallow them? Uh, from participating in American society? Well, they could participate in American society, just not alongside whites. Yeah, that's a second. That's what a second-class citizen means. So you wanted to maintain the second-class citizenship status. No, I just think, like, you know, there was MLK and there was Malcolm X or whatever. MLK viewed white America and it's like its institutions as like an apparatus to help lift blacks out of their situation, while Malcolm X took more of like a self-determination approach i feel like that approach would have had more longevity and it's bearing out because in mlk's in mlk's um sorry not mlk in malcolm x's last days he disavowed his I know, black separationist he's wrong, he's wrong. so he was... so wait so again so you don't actually have any like arguments for any of these positions you're just sort of citing people in places and whether you're wrong or right it's just a general feeling you have you know well, i'm giving you an, the empirical reality the empirical like reality is that America is, for better or for worse, right now, the problems you're describing aren't because black people exist in America, it's because of the drug war. This is what you people always do, and it's why I have no respect for you. You fuck over black people and then blame them for not picking themselves up fast enough. So the drug war. The drug war has led to an incalculable removal of autonomy and wealth from the black community. It's led to an ungodly amount of crime. You'll point at that and you'll say, hold on. You'll point at that and you'll say, hey, the drug war is bad. I don't defend the drug war. But then you'll use the consequences of the drug war as evidence that blacks should not be allowed in America. That's the problem with people like you. You're willing to trip black people or at least watch them be tripped and then blame them for being on the ground. It's ridiculous. Black people today are in a better position than they were back then. There are unique problems they face today. It's not good, but we can fix it. I want that by what I already explained those metrics earlier, whether we're talking educational attainment, whether we're talking general income, whether we're talking uh, representation in like upper society or in business, those elements. And many of the problems they face are microcosms of problems that workers of other races feel as well. And that's another thing you put, you put a lot of value, like, Oh, educational attainment. Like what's the, what's wrong with most blacks having, you know, like a menial job that is this, you know, are you a troll? I'm not a troll. I'm not entirely no, sure. Don't. You can probably answer that question for yourself without me having to waste time and breath answering it Well, because it you can see that the academic outcomes of blacks when they started entering these elite institutions were <laughs> a lot worse than other racial groups. And I feel like that's Wait, by what metric? You can just, you can just, this is common knowledge. They, yeah, poor they, people tend to do, poor people tend to do worse in, um, in higher education than wealthy people.
Is this meant to be well, surprising? Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed. I'm saying it should be um it should be merit based. And what I was saying is that even though blacks back then didn't have like a degree from UPenn or fucking you know, Dartmouth we're jumping around or, quite a few points but, again. I noticed you just said some really dumb shit and then you backed off of it. So not, you I'm, said that black people do worse in higher education. Yes, they do. Right, of up, course, because yeah, poor people do up. worse in higher education. Obviously, black people are more likely to be poor. All of this is really easy to chart out. If if you're alluding to some sort of perceived intellectual inferiority on the part of black people, I defer you. Okay, then your point had no meaning. M like much of what you say, you'll imply a point, but then when I ask you to clarify it, you didn't actually mean that point. You were just sort of talking. You know? Well, back then, back then, blacks had their own institutions, their own schools. Their worst to learn, schools, much learn worse amongst themselves, and they had better outcomes back then. No, they and did not. You keep you keep saying like, that, but they didn't. I don't know why you. Keep... Oh, they got a degree from some awesome institution that I'm sure you fucking think is amazing. Um, a lot of them were still providing for their families, staying out of trouble. Okay, and again, we're, you're, we're, we're going over old points. We know that the drug war has led to a lot of problems in the black community, and you have no evidence whatsoever to indicate that these people were doing well, better also, academically before integration. There, there was a study that came out where proximity, like poor people's proximity to wealthy people also had a huge effect on crime. So pe like people of different class statuses being closer together would lead sense. to more crime on behalf of those who have less. So that was also, that's not just the drug war. There's other factors at play. You keep just trying, oh, it's the drug war, it's the drug that's war. That's a drug pretty war. huge part. So again, the, wait, the problem is this community between those two disparate classes of people were also a big factor, Bosh. And that's how, it's not just the drug war. Wait, do you think that wealthy white people and poor black people were closer to each other back before blacks were integrated? Do I think they were close to each other? closer together than they are now. At this point, I'm not entirely sure what argument you're even trying to make. It feels like I'm every time you want to make an argument, you kind of gesture at it, but then when evidence doesn't pan out to be in your favor, you move away from it, you know? Well, when, I'm saying like when blacks started going to cities, right? When they started, you know, moving to cities more, and I, that's not just a result of, you know, desegregation, but I'm just saying that um, when they started moving to cities, I guess, of their own volition, um, that pro like the closer proximity to those people of you know a higher class status that also leads to crime. There was a study on this. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear Old that at all. I finally beat Orthman a cause. Oh yeah, you're sh you're shit at Bloodborne, by the way. Yeah, but, that's okay. Um, at least at least I'm okay at making arguments for social prescriptions that I have. Um, well, no, but what I was saying is that there's data that p poor people living close to people who aren't poor also leads to more crime. Um, yeah, that probably makes sense because people who aren't poor probably have access to more resources that people who are poor want. And in inequality is what causes crime, not just poverty. Income inequality is what causes crime. If you just have a bunch of poor people in like a, 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 like a county, that doesn't produce as much crime as if there's a big divide between wealth and a lack of wealth in a county. So that makes sense to me. All right, hold on. I have to play some Bloodborne. Do you have a final meme that you want to share? Um, no, that's, that's pretty much it. All right. I love um, you. Don't freak out about Jewish people. Okay. You know, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You're, you're really good at what you do. So good Thanks. job. I love you. Stay strong. <laughs>